So I just went on this long spiel about the, uh, the general election and uh, what basically happened. So I'm not going to uh, read the uh, introduction on this, but I am very pleased to have joining us to give us some analysis on the situation from h o n g i k University College of Law. Uh, somebody have, I've always uh, had the pleasure of uh, interviewing in years past and very pleased to have joining us here in the studio, Professor Cho h e e k y u n g Professor Cho, it feels like it's been quite a while, hasn't it? It has been, Henry. Good to see you again. It's good to see you as well. It's first time, uh, kind of new. Everybody, everything is uh, a little bit different. We're going to be able to talk freely now, I think. We can okay, say some things, sure. so that's uh-huh. good. I, I want to uh, start with the election results. I know that you got some questions. questions uh, beforehand. Some things have changed. I think the dynamics of some things have changed, so we're going to tweak some things. But overall, 180 seats for the ruling party. Mm -hmm. Uh, We had six seats for the Justice Party and then three seats for the the Open uh, open open Democratic Democratic Party. Party, We can Mm -hmm. call it that. So uh, close to 190 seats now allotted to, let's say, ruling party or supporting ruling party forces. I had a bet uh, with a friend of mine about how many seats would win. And I was conservative. I said, well, I think we'll get about 120 some odd seats on the ruling party side. That obviously turned out to be very wrong. The exit polls were wrong. Were you surprised at these results? I thought that the Democratic Party would win. I thought they might even get a majority. Okay. But, just on constituency seats? Um, actually, together, okay, actually. Okay. Uh, maybe around 150, 160 altogether. Right. Okay. And so I never really expected this uh, scale of win for the Democratic Party. And I think a lot of people, perhaps um, the, the undecided, those in the middle, I think wanted to support the government, particularly given the way that they've uh, successfully handled the COVID-19 crisis and wanted to... Uh, basically stop the Conservative Party from, um, you know, putting obstacles in their way in terms of all this legislative reform. And so this kind of midterm election usually becomes a, you know, a judgment call on the ruling uh, party and the government. But this time it sort of became the reverse, you know, a judgment on the Conservative Party, the opposition. Which was uh, the uh, framing that... uh eventually led to 180 seats uh, going to the uh, ruling side. Uh, Let's just get this one out of the way because I know that it, it The timing of it came up right after the results of the election. The uh, Busan mayor, Ugodan, who is nominally a, a ruling party uh, politician, yes, uh, he, yes, he, he has he, now... He's a uh, member of the Democratic Party, right. yes. He, 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 but he used to be an independent uh, in, in, in years past. Right. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, there were some murmurings because he was very, very much... Uh, kind of in the shadows during the whole COVID-19 pandemic. We saw very uh, high-profile uh, mayor of public... Mayor of Taegu? Yeah, well, the mayor of Taegu, mayor of Taegu Kwon Young-jin, mm. but also from the Gyeonggi governor, Lee Jae-myung, in the Seoul mayor, Park Won-soon, Park Won-soon. really mm-hmm. kind of showing that this Leadership. is what leadership is yes. uh, for mm-hmm. provincial governments. He was not that. He decidedly mm-hmm. was not very helpful with the uh, ruling party candidates in, in those, uh, race, those tight races in, in Busan, and now he's resigned over this uh, sexual harassment uh, scandal. Uh, the time Of it. Now, I know that the opposition is trying to kind of make some uh, kind of hay out of uh, the fact that uh, this was maybe kept under wraps. But uh, my contention is you got to respect the victim's um, sort of desires here in this situation. What do you make of this? You, you really do. And, and there's still some cloud hanging over even the manner of his resignation and the statement he made as he was announcing his resignation. And there is still some concern about, uh, you know, secondary. Um, sort of uh, 
uh, injury to to the victim because I just read this report this morning that the the victim had actually called the the city of Seoul asking because she hasn't been able to actually go back to work yeah. uh, since since the announcement um, asking about you know so what's going to happen going forward and she was asked haven't you resigned yet mm-hmm. and which is That's really not the way to, yeah. you know, um, look after somebody who's actually suffered through this. Um, and there has been some allegations that yes, the you know the Democratic Party knew about it. They must have known about it, particularly because um, some of the legal work around it was done by the former legal office that Moon Jae-in was the representative of, mm-hmm. um, and so on and so forth. But the victim actually made it very clear that um, you know it was actually over the concern that this. You know, might turn into an accusation of political kind of um, plotting that they made, sure that the announcement would take place after the election. Um, the the Democratic Party said that they will be, you know, um, excluding him from the the membership. Um, but he's he hasn't been contactable since the announcement. Um, and with these sort of, you know, uh, not a very good kind of aftertaste still lingering, I think. Um, they really need to act fast and also make sure that something like this doesn't occur again. And I'm not really sure that they will be able to do that because given the similar kind of cases that we've had um, on both sides of the political spectrum, uh, I think this is really a a big warning that they should take heed. Yeah, it's not a partisan issue. It's it's more of an issue of power and Mm. and the power that men wield over uh, women, Who, who are in vulnerable positions and, and, and do not feel any uh, way of recourse in terms of uh, uh, if they are victimized uh, by these kind of crimes. Yes, and that's why it's so offensive to politicize this, yes. this issue. For sure. Well, uh, speaking of politics, just uh, the recent polling shows that President Moon Jae-in, his approval rating is at uh, 64.3%. That's up 6% from a week earlier. This is some recent polling done by uh, RealMeter from April 20th to 22nd. Uh, uh, This is a uh, six-week sort of uh, rising trend here. Uh, The obligatory, uh, the poll uh, statistics uh, that was via phone, 1,509 responded, total of uh, 32,749 were requested to participate, sampling error of 95% and the uh, confidence level, uh, the uh, margin of error at uh, plus or minus uh, 2.5%. Some people are saying, okay, so the ruling party won this election, so we're seeing a bigger boost, a convention bounce, so to speak, uh, for the Moon administration. I think it's a chicken and egg thing. I think the ruling party was able to win because of this support to the uh, Moon administration, right? I would agree with your analysis. Um, Because when you look at the number of 180 seats won by the ruling party, it's actually sort of corresponding to the the level of approval for uh, for Moon Jae-in and his administration. And if you remember, just back to the beginning of this year, his approval rating was actually uh, quite low, um, almost to the the lowest point uh, since his his, uh, inauguration. And if the election had occurred maybe a month earlier, I think we'd be talking... uh, looking at a very different composition of of the National Assembly. And it's also interesting that to see that the number of seats won by the ruling party and, and you know its satellite party uh, actually corresponds to sort of you know to to the approval rating of of Moon. I mean sixty percent or sixty four percent. Um that that's basically, you know, to 
three-fifths uh, that, that they have won in the National Assembly. Um, whereas if you look at the proportional representative votes that the ruling party won or the satellite party that represents the ruling party won, it's actually sort of quite equivalent to what was won by the, the other side, the opposition mm. party, around 34, 35, 35% each. And so um, I think the ruling party really sort of uh, was able to um, pick up on the popularity of the Moon administration. I really don't think it was the case of, okay, the ruling party is doing great, so let, yeah. let's support them. It's basically, okay, they're not doing badly and Uh, they are managing this crisis well, and the alternative is really not thinkable. And so we will go with yeah. this. I think that was really uh, There are a lot of people who aren't necessarily, uh, and I, I don't want to put, let's say, uh, political ra- uh, labels on ideology, but there might be people who may disagree with certain things. I don't like how the uh, minimum wage has risen is hurting my small business, or uh, I, I'm worried about how taxes have been going up. I'm, I'm not really... kind of full on board with this ruling party. But man, look at that other side. I cannot in good conscience vote for them. So uh, in, in order to get rid of this gridlock, uh, this nastiness in the National Assembly, let's go ahead and uh, put my chips on, on the ruling party side. Let, then, then with the conservative party, they tried to make this uh, referendum on President Moon. It seemed like a wrong strategy to do when everyone was uh, fairly uh, supportive of his uh, efforts with COVID-19. What led to their loss besides, I guess, some of these uh, ridiculous comments being made by lawmakers like Cha Myung-jin? Yeah, there, there's that. You know, um, they really shot themselves in the foot by uh, making... inappropriate appointments uh, or nominating inappropriate candidates for various districts. But not not only that, I think they simply couldn't give a a viable alternative to the voters. They were essentially, you know, locked in the past, Mm -hmm. uh, captured by one extreme faction of the conservative uh, group, which is really the the Taegukki, you know, army, um, pro uh, Park Geun-hye, Uh, who sort of uh, still harking back to the heydays of, you know, the 70s or 60s and 70s. Um, And people have actually moved on. I think the Korean people in general actually have a much greater political intelligence and awareness. uh, And they are, you know, looking for new kind of leadership, whereas uh, the Conservative Party, I mean, look at the way that they were trying to sort of change the strategy in the last week of the campaign. Right. Basically, you know, everybody kneeling and apologizing. Oh my goodness, if we get only 100 seats, if they get 200, we're going to change the, con- uh, the constitution with, uh, you know, with, with 200 seats. And, you know, the, the country is going to it's going go to be to a dogs. communist dictatorship. Yeah, 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 and, uh, exactly. We've got to please just give us a little bit of a mandate. Yeah, and nobody buys that anymore. Uh, and I think all throughout last year, the way that they've really um, blocked every single legislative reform, even the ones that they had supported as part of their campaign platform in the previous elections, uh, I think people sort of looked at that and, you know, they know that they are not really offering an alternative. Um, And so it wasn't so much uh, what, as I said, Democratic Party had done well, but what the Conservative Party didn't do well. Um, Plus, the nomination process also was really, really awful. Just the recent history of the uh, main opposition Conservative Party through its various uh, 
conflagrations, Grand National Parties, Hanuri, you know, the the Hanguk Party, the Korea Liberty Party, etc., etc. Yes, current party. They have this thing where they always like to set up emergency committees. Oh my gosh, we're in crisis. We're going to collapse. We're going to boost things up. We're going to rebrand. We're going to get a new label. We're going to change our colors, and then they kind of maybe recover in time, and then they get another sort of debacle and crisis, and they do. That seems like the pattern that they're repeating, and they seem to be wanting to do that again with another old yet familiar figure. On both sides of the aisle, strangely, uh, Kim Jong-in, who is, who, who is, was nominally the election chief of this election that uh, resulted in a uh, complete rout, he is now expected to take over without, I mean, not without some misgivings uh, among sort of the, the side that really wants to keep their power entrenched, their in- self-interest entrenched. Uh, what, do you, what do you think about this? Such as Hong Jun-pyo, for, for right, example. But right. it's a classic case of pouring old wine in, into new sack. I mean, that's not going to make the wine any, taste any better, even if it looks nice and shiny on the outside. Um, I was just thinking about the, the various colors that they had adopted in the history. Um, you know, they actually went from uh, blue to, to red and to, to pink. And we are going to see a whole rainbow. To, is, that, is that branding? As, as I mean, we're not image consultants, but does, does the pink kind of connotate something to somebody subliminally? Oh, my gosh, this is a softer, nicer party. The shade of the particular shade of pink that they Happy actually pink, chose, right? <laughs> it it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't really that appealing. And also, uh, from somebody uh, you know who's coming from other cultures, might actually get the wrong idea about that mm-hmm, particular pink. Mm-hmm, I thought. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I did wonder, you know, uh, who actually gave them the advice to go with that particular color. Uh, but you're right. You know, um, Kim Jong Un. I mean, he. Pretty much disowned the outcome of the election, um, saying that you know he was appointed to uh, to late. I didn't have any didn't, nomination power, th- right? Th- yeah, th- they weren't listening to me, etc. And he was, you know, doing a lot of umming and eyeing also about this appointment as well to the emergency committee. Um, but you know, it was sort of the decision made was made by the the party members, um, and he's accepted it. But there was all this like talk about he want him wanting complete power over everything until the. The presidential election in two years' time, etc. But, but obviously, as you say, there is uh, different factions who are vying for their own interests, particularly people like Hong Junpyo, who is thinking of himself as the next presidential candidate. Yeah. Right? Um, and so he doesn't want to give too much power to somebody, uh, you know, who's not going to support his cause. Whereas Kim Jong Un, I think, you know, he's politically astute enough to know what is needed and. The way he's been describing the kind of leadership, um, he said he was thinking about somebody in their, in their 40s with a very strong economics background, you know, who would actually appeal to the, 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 the centrist uh, voting group right. as well. And that is the way that the Conservative Party should go. But the question is whether he'll be able to actually um, manage to, uh, you know, restrict, you know, the, the, so the power so grab. To be, bl- to, to be, to be blunt, you got to purge. The so-called, I, I know using Min has saying that cross the impeachment river, right? You got to purge all the pro-park elements and then, as you say, have a younger, fresher, more moderate uh, face mm-hmm. t- to appeal to, mm-hmm. to voters who might still be on the fence with the ruling party. I, I d- we did get a late start here, but I did want to address some of the points that uh, you've also been particularly interested in. Uh, Taegung-min, or uh, Taeyong-ho as he was formerly known, a North Korean defector, former uh, ambassador from North Korea to, to uh, London, I believe. He was right? a consul. 
Yes. Right. Okay. And and uh, he came in. He uh, was uh, nominated to run in the the Gangnam district. I know there's a lot of memes of like North Korean women dancing. Of all, there's a festival in Gangnam. There was a, there was a meme about uh, oh they're allowing smoking in Gangnam um, subways, and there was a picture of uh, Kim Jong Kim Jong Un smoking <laughs> in a subway car. So yes, like, and in pronouncing you know y o k s a m is y o k s a m Right. Right. So right. But, but the point is, is yeah, we can have it's all fun fun, but and, and we don't want to mock him individually. But the idea that the Chongbu said the comprehensive real estate tax is the driving factor of electing to a constituency a North Korean defector over somebody who on the other side was a very moderate, perfectly reasonable candidate from the ruling party. What did you think about that? You know, there there used to be a saying that, you know, if you... Even if you nominated a cat or a dog to Gangnam District, if it was by the Conservative yeah. Party, yeah. they would be elected. And I really thought that was the case uh, here because although some people sort of thought that this was mocking Taegumin, but I thought it was really mocking the residents of Gangnam District who voted for him um, simply because he was the Conservative Party. Uh, nominee without even really looking at and examining who he is, what he stands for, what he, how familiar he is actually with the district's issues. Because he was talking about things like, you know, making a, a, a um, upper ground car park in Gangnam, which, you know, that has the most expensive real estate yeah. in entire Seoul, perhaps in, in, in the whole of the world. Uh, and that sort of really showed he, how he really was very ignorant of the actual issues that concern the residents, apart from this, you know, um, the property tax that you're talking about. Uh, but, but the thing is, you know, they, the conservative um, voters had always been accusing the other side, the progressive party, of being pro-North Korea, uh, pro-communist, pro-etc., etc. But now they've actually gone and voted uh, for a North Korean defector who... is saying that he's going to actually advocate for you know, rights of uh, North Korean defectors and residents. And in fact, Kim h y u n g o the man right. who was responsible for the nomination process, actually said that he's looking for the day when t a e g u m i n would stand before okay. the United Nations for, uh, for North Korean human rights. But I don't think he's ever cared in his life for his own people's human rights, really. Professor Cho, uh, we're going to have to leave it there. We are going to have you back. Hopefully you will be able to join us uh, at a later date as well, uh, on a regular basis. I hope so. <laughs> okay, thank you very much. Thank you.